Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installation of the Core Podcast uh, with Core Cloud. My name's Adam, and I'll be your host today, taking over from Kelly for a brief cameo. Maybe I'll be back in the future. Um, and today I'm joined with Simon uh, from Extreme Networks, who we're going to learn a little bit more about. Um, so thanks very much for joining us today, Simon. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Um, yeah, so we're going to be getting into uh, the product that is Extreme Networks, uh, sort of learning a bit about what it does and why um, why it's doing what it's doing, specifically focusing on the NHS um, and how Extreme is, can, can very well implement into the NHS and the problems that it solves um, for hospitals across the country. Um, so I guess uh, if we want to kick off with things, uh, do you want to introduce yourself, talk to us a little bit about your background, where you come from? Absolutely, yeah. So I'm Simon Vosper. Um, I'm Senior Systems Engineer with Extreme Networks. So uh, I work as uh, on the uh, the local UK uh, technical pre-sales team. Um, my background, um, I started out in the networking industry probably a little over 20 years ago. So uh, just started out as a, as a help desk junior, um, working for um, a partner company. Predominantly, they were a Cisco Gold partner. So um, got plenty of... Um, experience with you know kind of multi-vendor yeah um scenario um they're also uh a what was cabletron partner at the time um people may know that cabletron uh kind of morphed into interesis and mm-hmm. is now what uh, uh was acquired by extreme so is is part of the extreme portfolio so um but yeah started out um as a help desk engineer was then promoted to an implementations engineer um this was around about the time when um, Wi-Fi was really taking hold and going from um, a, a sort of nice-to-have technology to um, a requirement. so Essential. Yeah. Essential, yeah. Um, we, were, we picked up a lot of um, big retail customers, um, so we had to rapidly expand our Wi-Fi team um, in to, to be able to do the design and implementation of uh, a national couple of national retailers like right across the country so we had very rapid um, growth so I was kind of thrust into the Wi-Fi um, right. world and had to very quickly learn how to design and implement Wi-Fi so that is kind of what my specialist subject is um, but obviously uh, along the way you have to to, to understand everything that goes around it the, the thing that the access points plug into the switch yeah. and the network management system so kind of um, picked it all up so yeah I did a big stint with that partner I then moved to uh, a different extreme partner um, as a as a, wi- a senior wireless um, engineer um, and then from then on it was predominantly working with the Interesis slash uh, extreme product yeah. portfolio because they were a, a focus extreme partner um, and with that company, it was when I was really introduced um, quite heavily into the world of the NHS. Right. Um, because that, that particular partner um, did most of their work with NHS. They were somewhat of a healthcare specialist. Um, and then through that um, position, um, I was actually kind of had a semi-permanent post at a large um, NHS customer. So I was with University College London Hospitals as right. part of their network team. Um, I did the design and implementation of their wireless network across the whole UCLH wow. um, estate and then kind of stayed with the networking team for a couple of years after that. So, um, yeah, yeah it's great. Their network being your, your baby then. Yeah, <laughs> certainly on the wireless side. Yeah, yeah. And that was huge. That was that was across um, a vast area in London. Um, so, 
uh, a, a large wireless network that went across acute hospitals, um, you know, nationally in those and throat centre, lots of different hospitals uh, across London. So it was a huge, huge campus, big team. Um, and in that sense, I kind of got experience um, on all sides of the fence, if that makes sense. So working with the system integrator, the partner, but then I also got to sit really on the customer side and see what the day-to-day challenges were of being on the network team um, mm. within an NHS organisation as well. Uh, and now I'm lucky enough to be uh, on the vendor side. Yeah. So I moved from that partner into Extreme because um, they were they were requiring um, Wi-Fi professionals yeah. as well. So, yeah. So before we dive into what Extreme does, what sort of issues do uh, do NHS trusts and hospital environments face with their network? Why why is a tool such as Extreme necessary? Yeah, I think there's there's a couple of things. So, um, y- you know, first of all, is is a big problem is visibility. These these huge sites, um, a myriad of devices connecting to the network. Just understanding what is connecting to the network, what's consuming your network resource, um, can be a big headache. So, first of all, giving um, giving network administrators visibility of not only the network infrastructure and how that's running, um, but also the users and devices that are connecting to their network is 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 a is a huge benefit, um, and also the applications that are being used and how those applications are performing. Um, that's a massive thing. So so visibility is a problem that they struggle with. Um, you know, analytics, actionable insights. You know. Um, they, a lot of a lot of um, networking teams lack the tools to give them that visibility and insight into what's going on. Um, but then also turning that visibility into control and automation. So how do we take that information? How do we understand what's connected to the network and then automate the provisioning of a service um, to that device? Uh, so that's one of the, the big um, problems that we solve. Um, Particularly around Wi-Fi, we find that, you know, Wi-Fi is kind of a bit of a dark art and and very often um, uh, organizations don't have um, special RF engineers. They don't have highly trained RF engineers or Wi-Fi engineers. You know, they just don't have the money to have someone sat there that's just a Wi-Fi specialist. It comes back to resources, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So particularly Wi-Fi issues can be difficult to troubleshoot for them. So we provide the tools that help them to visualize um, what's going on with the Wi-Fi network, alert them to potential issues um, that are happening and to um, really cut down on that. You know, 90% of the time spent fixing a Wi-Fi problem is just gathering data, taking traces, maybe deploying specialist tools, survey tools, channel analyzers. Um, we want to help cut down that time of information gathering yep. so that we can get to a resolution, find the problem, get to a resolution a lot quicker. So we provide some great tools in our cloud platform to help visualize the problem. We have AI tools that harvest that information and report back um, to the network administrators on what the potential issue could be. We show them the raw data. We tell them why we think that this is going to cause a problem. And then we suggest to them through those AI tools how to f- how they might go about fixing right. those problems. So, um, again, that's from, from a, 
uh, a visibility standpoint, um, um, from a troubleshooting standpoint, um, we can give some great benefits there. And then, you know, as we've talked about, security is is always top of mind. So through our Fabric Connect technology, through our access control tools, we can help give that peace of mind that um, your devices and your sensitive um, data, your patient information on the network is yep. going to be kept safe. Brilliant. Um, and then we can integrate with third-party security systems that just augment that capability, um, augment that network security with endpoint um endpoint security as well yeah so we've uh so now we know who you are yeah and you come from extreme networks so i think what might be what might be fun for the sake of it for the sake of the podcast yeah i'm gonna put a 60 second timer mm -hmm. extreme networks one minute extreme networks one minute okay tell me when you're ready um yeah go okay three two one ready so extreme networks um we are obviously a networking uh infrastructure provider we focus on really on the software driven networking space. So um, obviously, you know, as a commodity, um, the networking kit, the infrastructure kit is kind of a, a commodity, but where we like to differentiate ourselves is how we control the network, how we gain visibility into the network, how we can automate um, a lot of the service provisioning of the network and give the network managers um, uh, insights into what's running, help them with troubleshooting, um, and ease deployment uh, and ease bringing um, new services, new applications, new devices um, into the network. So we work with um, all the major verticals. We're in healthcare, education. Uh, we have a large um, sports and entertainment uh, business, local government, uh, and of course, um, the enterprise uh, networking space as well, uh, big in retail. Spot on. That was a minute, three seconds, but I'll, I'll allow the three. Okay. <laughs> yeah, good job, good job, good job. Um, okay, so yeah, it is, it is that, that fundamental networking tool. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah we, we, we like to think of ourselves as really a pure play networking. We specialise in connectivity, um, automation and software-driven networking um, rather than as a, you know, security or, yeah. or anything like that. We're pure play networking. Okay, so with an NHS background yourself... Um, being in the uh, in the University College London, um, why why is a tool such as Extreme Networks um, perfect for an NHS organisation? Yeah, I mean, there's 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 a myriad of of challenges that we like to think you know we can we can help with. Um, you know, to start with, um, I think everybody knows it, it's kind of a, a theme through all all of the, the public sector, but you know, especially in the NHS, is that they're challenged with resource. They're challenged with um, budget constraints. So they don't have infinite amounts of money that they can spend on technology. And they're always looking for ways to better use their resource. Um, in the healthcare space, of course, they're always looking for better ways to provide better clinical outcomes, better patient outcomes as well. That often means that they're turning to technology to deliver that mm -hmm. and that then falls as a, as a burden on um, the IT teams that falls as a, something that the IT teams um, have to have to work out so um, you know what we feel we do is we 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 help to simplify um, the the topology of the network the deployment of the network 
um, and also automate a lot of the the manual processes that often fall to the networking teams to help give them time back, you know, um, reduce that the amount of kind of BAU tasks that they have to do yeah. um, to give them time back to be more strategic with their time uh, and focus on bringing those new applications, bringing those new medical devices uh, online quickly, safely, um, so that the business is probably the wrong word, but the organisation can realise their aspirations of delivering um, medical excellence. Yeah, right. You, so you we, do the legwork. Yeah, yeah. We want to. We want to. We want to make it easier for the network teams to to help the organisation realise, you know, their aspirations where they want to get Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Uh, you know, just throwing technology at things. Well, using technology is great, but if you're putting a huge burden through that additional technology onto your IT teams, it's 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 not going to go well. There's going to you're going to put more strain on them. Yeah, of course. They're going to have less time to, it's to that, do things. It's that, ma- to do. It's, that, it's that marriage of people, processes and technology really like that we like to look at it as. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So how can we simplify things for them? How can we automate some of the the tasks, the time consuming tasks that, yeah. that that they do? But on top of that, you know, with a massive focus on security because we know that that's the thing that keeps uh people awake at night is is security you don't want to be on the front page of a newspaper because mm-hmm. you've had a, a major cyber security yeah, we've breach. seen it we've seen it absolutely yeah you know that's that's the thing that keeps the network managers awake um so yeah we, security is top of mind we think we've got some great technology that that helps with that brilliant yeah so um i'll very candidly admit that i've got some i've got some blurb to read for you <laughs> so uh so yeah I'll, I'll read this and then we'll, we'll dive into the reasons as well so um dive into the sort of the the intricacies of, of why it's perfect for an nhs organization so extreme networks is a provider of networking and security solutions that can be utilized by national health service to protect their network here are some ways in which the nhs can leverage extreme networks to enhance their network security so first up is micro-segmentation. Now, this is a huge buzzword. Everyone's mm-hmm. been talking about this this ZTS, ZTA, Zero Trust. Yep. Um, micro-segmentation. How is Extreme Networks providing that micro-segmentation? And again, sort of linking it back to NHS, why does that work in a healthcare environment? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, in, in a healthcare um, environment, we've kind of got this, this mix of... Um, uh, very sensitive data. We're carrying patient uh, information. It's it's highly sensitive. Um, we're also there's there's financial um, systems as well, um, payment systems on the network. But at the same time, we've got this very diverse um, mix of devices that are connecting to the network. So we're seeing a huge boom in um, medical IoT. You know, um, everything now is is connected to the network. We've got CT scanners and infusion pumps, things like that, that yeah. are connecting to the network. And these devices can often, you know, not be built necessarily with security in mind. You know, sometimes they can open up an attack vector. They can be an easy target for, yeah. for anybody. Because they're fit for the purpose they're designed for rather than a security mindset. Right, yeah. right. And, and often they don't have, you know, some of the most basic security uh, protocols or functionality built into the device. Sometimes they're running embedded um, operating systems, which can be really difficult for us to patch, remediate if there are security holes found. So, yeah, we've got this kind of difficult mix of really sensitive data on the network, but at the same time, sometimes some devices that can be quite risky. Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, what we know then is that micro segmentation becomes really important. How do we segment the network? How do we keep that sensitive data um, uh, hidden and segmented from these potentially uh, um, not dangerous is probably the wrong word, but these devices that provide a, an easy target yeah. for anyone that wants to do us harm. Can you define micro segmentation? Yeah, I mean, it's essentially um, breaking down the network um, into uh, small segments and, and small segments that cannot, where we cannot get from one segment to another. They're invisible to each other. The services that run across them are essentially, you know, past like sh- ships in the night. Yeah. Um, so um, it, it's breaking that, breaking the network down into lots of small segments or small sets of services okay. that can't kind of so interact of, with each other. Instead of uh, instead of having a bouncer on the front door, you got a bouncer at every door in the building. Yeah, that's kind of that's that's kind of a good analogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we're essentially making all these different devices and groups of users or business functions go down separate corridors once they get through the door as well and the, and those corridors are not interconnected there's right. no way you can get from one to another okay so that's really important because if you've got an attack surface that's you know something that's potentially easy to attack what you uh, the difference you know once that device has been compromised micro segmentation stops um you know a a a breach to the network becoming catastrophic mm-hmm. cyber attack right because damage limitation yeah it's damage limitation we can actually contain that breach to just that particular segment of the network that particular micro segment or hyper segment um I'm yeah we you. can contain it okay lovely um so uh i hear a lot of um a lot of a lot of the our techies at quarter cloud and a lot of a lot of people i've heard in the industry they they use this phrase saying you can't you can't defend what you can't see you right. can't protect what you don't know you have, mm-hmm. um, and I know network visibility is a huge piece in, in extreme as well. So how does that how does that factor in? Yeah, so so you know through the um, uh, the software, the management platforms, and the access control platforms, we can give um, the customers visibility into exactly who's connecting to the network, what they're connecting to the network with, where they're connecting to the network. So, like you say, the first step is visibility understanding what's connecting to your network um, we can also um, we can also get visibility of the applications that they're using how those applications are performing um, and how the network is performing for those applications so we can give you great visibility into that as well what do you mean by how the network's performing so what we can actually do for any um, application that runs across the network is we can show you a response time um, for that application or for the data that that application is right. serving up and a comparative response time for how the network is responding. Um, so what you can then do is separate out the responsiveness of the application, whether it's the server at the other end, how you know how quickly data is being served up, um, and separate that out from the actual underlying performance of the network. Right. So this is something that network managers really love because you'll find that whenever there's a problem with an application users get problems with an application it's always the finger gets pointed at the network right so we always automatically assume it's the network that's a problem um the networking guys then have to commit a lot of time and resource to proving that it's not so you're guilty first and then you have to kind Mm -hmm. of prove your innocence right and that's time consuming whereas 
when we can measure and separate the application performance from the network performance, it gives us a evidence-based approach to quickly find out and 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 show is it my network that's causing a problem or is it something else? Is it the application? Is it the application servers that are the problem? So network managers really love that. Brilliant. Um, so so it almost it almost works as a it's for productivity as well. Absolutely. Productivity, yeah, visibility, security. Um but then from an access control standpoint, um we can see who's connecting to the network. We can see what devices they're connecting with. Uh, we can then use that to um control their access to the network so we can give groups of users give groups of devices um, differing levels of access we can identify the device when it connects to the network through the visibility and then we can automatically provision service um, right at the edge of the network where they're connected whether it's on a switchboard or whether it's a wireless access point we can automatically provide the right level of service so that they're only getting access to systems that they need to have access to right. and they're shielded. Um, from, and in, from in huge organisations like hospitals, universities, stadiums, where you're talking about with overwhelming active directories with you know tons yeah. of credentials, that's really useful to manage what people can can control. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's twofold really. So first of all, you've got the security aspect. So we're making sure that any device or combination of user and device is given the right level of access. Yeah, of course at the right time, in the right place, and nothing more. So it's it's security, but it's automated. So you don't have to go around and reconfigure switch ports, right, to change that level of access. It's automated. So that's where we're giving the network administrators time back through automating the process of service provisioning. Um, I'll give you an, a, an example of how that was really useful, actually, when I was at... Um, UCLH. Um, so we had uh, a mobile ultrasound device, right? And that device gets, it's a very expensive piece of equipment, right? So they don't have one in every single room where it needs to be. So the clinical staff would share that device around different rooms. Um, and what had to happen is um, a, a switch port, it was a wired device, a switch port had to be provisioned with a VLAN and ACLs or whatever. Um, to make it work, to give it the right level of access. So the clinical staff, if they wanted to move it from one room to another, um, had to fill out a form, submit that to the networking team, uh, and then the networking team had to make the relevant changes to close the port off where it was and configure the new port of where it was moving to. Yeah. So two things there. You've got, you're, we're putting burden on the clinical staff. We're taking them away from what they should be doing time yeah yeah. right being being a clinical personnel uh, and we're also adding um a a burden onto the networking team because they have to spend time doing this reconfiguration for the sake of processes it's yeah yeah right so um we can all agree that's that's bad it's taking up too much of people's time or if they didn't do that they would just if they didn't fill out the form they would move the device from one room to another and plug it in and it didn't work so that then bounces back to the networking team. We've got a problem. Uh, and again, the clinical team have to do trouble uh, working with the networking team. Not not great. To faff. Yeah. yeah. So once we'd installed um, the access control system, um, all the clinical staff had to worry about doing was unplugging it, moving it to a different area and plugging it back in. The access, access control system identifies the device when it's removed when it's plugged into a new location and automatically 
reconfigures the edge devices to provision the service for that device. Wow. So it is, it, it is purpose fit for, for hospitals then? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Especially when you've got mobile devices. We've got devices that are being moved from, from one place to another. Yeah. So security benefit, great, but an auto, as an automation piece, brilliant. We're, we're no longer burdening clinical staff with IT-related matters, wasting their time, and we're no longer burdening, adding extra burden onto the network team to make those changes. So extreme. It's uh, obviously it's a tool that sits sort of at the top of your uh, of, of of your sort of security posture. Right. Um, how how does it integrate with existing tools that NHS might have in in place? Yeah. So so our main tool is what we call the extreme cloud IQ site engine. Right. So this is kind of a this is kind of an on site piece of software that does your infrastructure management, that kind of element management. As we've spoken about, it does your your access control and it does application uh, visibility um, as well. We do have um, we we're always we're an open standards uh, com- uh, company, so we always look to be open in the way that we interoperate with other vendors. Um, as part of that, uh, we integrate with um, a number of third parties for um, around security as well. Um, Are there some popular ones you could give as examples? Yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, one that you guys will be familiar with is Silera. Yeah. Um, uh, but we also, you know, integrate with all the major um, kind of next-gen firewall companies, you know, your Palo Altos of the world as well. So um, also um, MDM solutions as well. We can build MDM into into the integrations. So it kind of all goes into part of the wider um, security yeah. posture piece, right? So we can take information from third-party systems like Silera about security profiles. So to give an example, you can create a, a profile in Silera um, and then push that out and it will um, convert to uh, an access control policy within the extreme access control engine so that, um, you know, you profile a device and you work out, um, you know, what, what you how you need to connect that to the network what ports you want to allow what ports you want to not allow um, it will talk to our access control engine and make the provision automatically on the network for that device you know likewise if one of these third-party systems detects a problem it detects some sort of breach or you know some sort of security alert again it can talk to our access control engine um, and then we can take action. We can quarantine that device on the network or, you know, we can then restrict access on that device on the network automatically. So um, that's all part of your your widest um, security play mm-hmm. is that interaction with those sort of third party systems. Um, how do we, you know, it's how do we take action in on the inside of the network uh, based on things that we're seeing from um, your security systems. So yep. we can integrate in that way. Yeah. So now we know what micro segmentation is, mm-hmm. and it's a huge part of Extreme's sort of uh, sort of way of operating. How do they do it? Do you know do, if you know what I mean? How how do they actually you do micro segmentation within a network? What does it look like? Yeah, so so um, for us, it's uh, it's some it's something called uh, Extreme Fabric Connect mm-hmm. uh, is the technology. So we operate um, uh, across your sort of core and distribution parts of your network. Um, a, a fabric based on uh, SPB or shortest path bridging. Um, and what we can do is build um, isolated um, tunnels using Mac in Mac encapsulation that creates that micro segmentation. 
Um, and then in the same kind of way that um, MPLS works, it's kind of like uh, 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 we, we, we append that service with a tag as it goes across uh, across the network or an ID. We call it a, a, an ICID. And you can have 16 million of those individual ICIDs that run across um, the extreme fabric. So, you know, we, 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 we call those individual isolated Mac and Mac encapsulated services um, uh, a hypersegment. And, you know, you can have lots and lots of individual hypersegments. They can be layer two, they can be layer three. Um, it can be um, a multicast based service. So um, that's kind of how the encapsulation and the segmentation works right. inside the network. I'm picturing the I'm picturing the metaphor of the fabric. It's woven, right? Like fabric. Is that is that where that comes from? Or? Yeah, I mean, kind of, it, that that kind of comes from the fact that the fabric is is topology independent. So we don't have to necessarily adhere to the traditional um, topology of the network, where you have core distribution kind of. Right. Uh, pyramid it, the the fabric itself is completely topology uh independent uh it's pretty much self-forming so you connect fabric switches to each other um they will recognize that they're um part of a fabric um and automatically provision their um isis adjacencies which is what the fabric um uses to uh connect um so what i do want to touch on as well but it's something that i find really interesting we are running nhs specific um and uh, however, your extreme networks is it's huge power for the Wi-Fi, yeah. Um, and it, it sort of it can empower your Wi-Fi as well as the security aspect of it. It can give you a lot more benefits on how you use your Wi-Fi and um, and and sort of the, the structure of it. So, how can extreme networks sort of empower uh, Wi-Fi? Yeah. So, um, so we do a have question, a question, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've got we've got a we've got a a great Wi-Fi offering. We can offer. Um, uh, cloud Wi-Fi, cloud-managed Wi-Fi, or on-prem controller-based solutions. Um, we have um, an offering that we call universal hardware, right? So um, you buy a piece of hardware uh, and you decide how you want to manage that. You decide whether you want to manage it in the cloud or whether you want it to be an on-prem controller-based. Uh, and that's kind of different to how our competitors do it. You're kind of, if you want to, if you want to, with them, if you want to uh, controller-based solution you have to buy one piece of hardware if you want a cloud-based solution you have to buy a different piece of hardware um we're different it's a universal platform um and the same with the licensing we it's exactly the same license whether you decide um you want to deploy it cloud managed or or on-prem um, but we do have a great pedigree when it comes to um, high performance wi-fi so we are official partners for i have to count these up so uh, the nfl um, the MLB, which is Major League Baseball, uh, NASCAR, um, uh, and we provide high-density, high-performance Wi-Fi inside their stadiums. So we're talking, um, you know, upwards of 70,000 people inside a stadium um, all trying to use the Wi-Fi. As you can imagine, that's going to put a pretty absolutely on their hefty load. They're posting on social media, they're live streaming. They're, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so we have a great pedigree in terms of how well our Wi-Fi performs. Um, I personally am actually, we're just finishing off Manchester United and we're starting um, a deployment at Anfield for Liverpool wow. next month. So Serious project. Yeah. And I mean, it's really, of course, they're great names to work with, like um, fantastic names, but it's really testament to how well 
the Wi-Fi works uh, in that really, really demanding high density um, type scenario. And the technology that we use there, the hardware that we use there is exactly the same technology that we will be deploying in um, uh, the hospital scenario. So I think it gives uh, peace of mind straight off the bat that you don't have to worry about is this you know, is this hardware high performance hardware? Am I getting a, you know, something yeah, that may not be able to Yeah, you can see it on the up. big scale, but it can also be, I assume, obviously, it can also be implemented on a smaller scale in a hospital environment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when we're talking about medical devices being on Wi Fi, it has to be able to stand up to those performance demands. It has to be always on. Um, you know, and it, it has to it has to work. So, you know, having that reassurance that it's it's going to work and it performs well um, is something that we're quite yeah. we're quite proud of. Yeah. And uh, how does it how does it work with the location based services in, yeah. in the Wi Fi? Um, we we made a note that you can you can help the NHS sort of track the location of staff, patients, assets, like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, how, how does that how does that work? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of there's a couple of ways really. Um, we have the extreme location essentials, which is part of our cloud offering. Um, that gives you the ability to track almost in real time where um, devices are located on a floor. So you can track where a laptop or a phone. It doesn't have to be uh, necessarily a connected device. But we can differentiate connected devices, unconnected devices, or or, or even things that you determine are um, an asset, and we can we can track those devices as they move across the floor. Um, now, if you think about in the NHS space, there's a lot of really expensive um, medical equipment that yeah, sure. gets you know that gets moved around, that gets used by different people. Sometimes it gets put in a cupboard and nobody knows where it is. There's actually a lot of money spent on equipment that just goes missing. Right? And if it's a Wi-Fi device, we can track that. We can show you where they are. Um, or if it's a if it's not a Wi-Fi device, you can stick a Bluetooth tag on it and we can do exactly the same. We can, we yeah. can track those Bluetooth um, tags. So great for tracking devices, great for, you know, knowing where all of your assets are sat saves um it saves clinical staff time for one thing it's looking for devices they can mm -hmm. go to the map and see where it is but it also saves this this um uh cost of replacing devices that are seemingly lost that have just disappeared yeah, yeah. Uh, altogether so that's that's kind of an inbuilt functionality in our cloud platform but also on our on-prem controller-based solution we have integration with third-party systems um, that we know are being used in the medical environment, such as uh, the Centrac system, um, the Stanley system, uh, or the Echohow system. So we have inbuilt um, integrations where our wireless APs and controllers will send information to these third-party systems for uh, location tracking uh, as well. So there we have it, guys. You heard it here. Uh, Extreme Networks, uh, all the details as to how it's working in the NHS, not to mention it's it's, uh, it's working stadiums and, and across American sports as well, um, and how it is solving those problems. So thank you very much for joining me today, Simon. You've been wonderful. Thanks for having me. It's no problem. Fun. Yep, good stuff. Yeah, it's always a good time to come to, come to the castle. Yeah. Yeah, cool great stuff. Place. All right, thank you very much for listening, guys, and uh, feel free to check out many of our other podcasts, and we will see you again soon for another edition of The Core.